checkmate. Oh, thought Michael Edwards as he stepped out of his BMW estate and started up the steps to his good friend Quentin Andrews' elegant townhouse, one of five that made up Cheringham Crescent. The house, with its classic entrance flanked by two white columns, seemed more suited to an exclusive street in Holland Park than the quiet village of Cheringham. But for those who were well-to-do and didn't want to live in the sprawling countryside amid the rolling hills and meandering Thames, the houses on the Crescent were a perfect alternative, and Michael loved the place. When he came for his weekly chess game with Quentin, played over a carefully selected single malt, it always made him feel that he had, in fact, been transported back to London. As much as he loved the village, part of him missed the pulse and excitement of that great city. That famous Samuel Johnson quote, so apt, when a man is tired of London, he is tired of life. Now, after having had a quick dinner with his wife, he knocked on the door and then rang the bell. He knew that Quentin enjoyed these weekly gatherings as much as he did. It wasn't just about the chess, though they'd had some epic battles on the 64 squares. No, it was the conversation. Michael loved discussing politics, foreign policy, and world affairs with his friend, though Quentin obviously had some governmental background which he never seemed interested in revealing, and Michael himself had lived a life in the services, they tended to discuss things on, uh, well, uh, a loftier scale. The emergence of the new African economies, the challenge of maintaining a military in a dire economy. America and its role in the world was always a favourite topic. Had the great superpower lost its way, would it be able to find it again? That, and the game, and the single malts, made for a rich evening indeed. But now... Standing at the door, so decidedly chilly, there was still no answer from within. He rang the bell again, hearing it chime inside the Georgian house. Then, gloves on, Michael gave some hard raps to the door. His breath made clouds billow from him, as if he needed reminders of how cold this late February evening was. "'Come on, Quentin,' he said to no one. "'Open the bloody door.' Still, nothing." Michael looked away. Should he dig out his phone, give the man a call? Had he dozed off after his own quiet dinner? Quickly and clumsily with his frozen fingers, Michael slid out his mobile, a device that apparently did everything but make tea. Most of its features were wasted on Michael, who remembered the days when a phone was just a phone. He had to slip off a glove to access the contact list, search for the name and press call, then up to his ear to listen, ready to chide his friend for leaving him out here at the entrance, freezing his... But it just rang and rang, and after seven rings went to answer phone. Michael didn't leave a message. No, because after the doorbell ringing and the knocks, and now a call, to have only silence, he was suddenly worried about his old friend. He grabbed the doorknob, expecting the door to be locked, but with some surprise he felt it open. That's odd thought Michael, and he walked in out of the cold. As soon as he was across the entrance, shutting the door quickly behind him, he called out loudly, Quentin! Where the heck are you? Lost your hearing, man? 
Michael took off his camel-coloured overcoat and draped it on an elegant chair in the entrance hallway, topped it with his calfskin gloves. "'Quentin!' he said again. Though the place was silent, lights were on. And while Michael didn't have an idea where Quentin was or what may have happened, he now felt even more worried and confused. He looked left, to the sitting-room where the vintage chess set sat on its own claw-footed table, with two comfortable wing-back chairs on either side for the combatants, all ready for the evening. The room, though, was empty. He started for the stairs, again calling out his friend's name. Quentin! He headed up the staircase that gently curved as it neared the first floor, passing Quentin's small gallery of military paintings, Trafalgar, Waterloo, an impressionistic painting of the trenches, and a bunch of ill-fated boys about to go over the top to face rattling machine guns. Michael took the steps.